and it was the newspaper. Can we do some photographs? Can we come and see you, please? Another newspaper. Can we come and see you? Can we come and do this? Then it was radio station. Can we come and see you? And I was like, yeah, 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 this is great. And I kept saying to my wife, don't worry, it'll all be over by Friday. You know, it's just a storm in a teacup. That's it. By Friday, a bit. And I still say that now. Oh, well, it'll all be over by Friday. Don't worry. But it just keeps going. Hello, I'm Chris Biddle and welcome to episode 70 of Inside AgriTurf. In the last episode, we heard from Keith Kent, who had scaled the heights of the turf care profession from joining Leicester City as a trainee direct from school through to head groundsman at Manchester United and thence to head groundsman at Twickenham for the RFU, hosting many England internationals and the 2015 Rugby World Cup final. But such is the nature of the turf industry that Keith, now retired from Twickenham, still can't stay away and is helping out a former colleague, Chris Parry, look after a school's extensive playing fields. And he will surely have an affinity with my next guest, who has spent much of his working life on a mower, making sure that the grass on sports fields, parks and open spaces is in the best possible condition. In 2019, he casually posted a picture on Twitter of a freshly mown grass area and added the following caption. It might only be a council field next to a tip, but to the kids around here playing football, it's just like Wembley. So I cut it like it is. And that post struck a chord and went viral and created an extraordinary media storm. So to find out more, I'm delighted to be joined today by Jimmy Broadhouse, now better known as Jimmy the Mower. So Jimmy, welcome. And you know, it's somewhat ironic that we should be recording this in the midst of No Mow May. So I suppose you've had this month off. Uh, But in fact, is it something that has struck a chord with your customers? Yeah, it has really. Um, We we don't really have any... um domestic clients uh, we don't have any domestic it's all business to business that's what we do i think they they like it looking pristine all the time where they can so where we work in commercial areas um, retail areas um, office parks professional centers then everything's on point all the time and believe it or not where we have the the sports fields and the, the sports turf we tend to leave quite a wild, a wide wildlife bun throughout the season. So, you know, anything from sort of two to five metres surrounding a, a football pitch or cricket outfield or whatever we've got. Uh, and we leave that in there. And we normally take that down in about September, get it bailed up and, and shipped off out of their sea to, to encourage the, the wildflowers to grow. It is a big thing. I understand it's a big thing and I think it's a great thing. But I also... These people are using sports pitches and they've got to be cut. We can't, it's not a one, one size fits all, is it, really? That, that's absolutely right. I did notice because you do have this uh, competition running on your website, a patch, <laughs> patch of the day, and I did notice a very nice photograph of a nice bit of mown lawn with, with some wildflowers down the side. And I, I thought that summed it up very well for, because to me, no mow May is too blunt a message. It doesn't yeah. mean don't mow in May, it means actually just. Just take care of the environment and, and encourage the insects and the wildlife and the flora, flora and fauna uh, within your garden, yeah. which, of course, a lot of people do anyway, don't they? Yeah, they do. But, yeah, that photograph on Twitter was fantastic, wasn't it? The, the, the wildflowers down the side, 
beautiful striped lawn next to it, and it really did sort of show that it can be done. There's a picture of myself on a – I did it at the beginning of May when people were asking me about it, and I put myself we're on a Ransoms Parkway. We've got beautiful short mown turf in front of us, probably about 20 mil height of cut, and then behind me it's probably about three foot high in wildflowers and uh, long grasses. This is what we do. We can't not mow these sports pitches, but we can make allowances elsewhere to try and balance you can't please everybody all the time, you know, but you can try and do your best. Uh, Jimmy, let's go right back to the beginning. What, what's your background? How long have you been in the turf business? Probably been in the turf business about 15 years now, I suppose. And uh, I don't know, like everybody, you well, everybody who I speak to, you're either born into it or you seem to fall into it at some point, And then you're either hooked in or you can't wait to get out. And I just sort of got hooked in. <laughs> Just I'm still in now. I, I enjoy it every day. Really and, and and your day job, shall I call it, is is running a contracting company, which I think is called Ditton Services, isn't it? Um, what, what's its its customer base? Um, customer base for Ditton Services is um, mainly parish councils, the occasional school, local authorities, um, playing fields association, uh, playing fields associations, and sports clubs. Um, we may we mainly most sort of um, cricket outfields, Sunday league football pitches, children's play parks, roadside verges, and then we have a commercial side where we do retail parks, uh, professional centres, business districts and, and things like that. So it's quite in, diverse, really. In, indeed. And do you ever tackle the cricket wickets themselves? No, um, I'm not allowed anywhere near them by anybody <laughs> who knows me. <laughs> There's an exclusion zone and I'm allowed up to that. I'm allowed up to that blue rope normally, and that's as far as I'm allowed to go. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. So, look, let's just go back to the beginning of the uh, Jimmy the Mower persona. I believe it all started with a with a single image, didn't it, on social media? Yeah, yeah. I love social media. I love Twitter itself. I love Twitter because I love the openness of it, and everyone can see what you what you're doing, whether they enjoy it or not. You know, there's there's quite a lot of lively open debate on there. Occasionally put a photograph on of what you're eating, where you've been, what you're doing for work. And it was just, I got a friend who was on holiday at the time and, and I was cutting the football pitch. And it just, one of those days when you just cut it, the grass was already short when I started. There were hardly any clippings on top. The sunlight was in the right place. It just looked fantastic. And I tried to frame it up for a photograph. And all I could get was the council tip behind it with a JC being there, crushing stuff down into skips. And I thought, well, I can't hide that fact. I need to show that this is what I'm doing and where I'm doing it. So I just took the photograph. What was it? It might only be a council field next to the tip, um, but to the kids around here playing football, it's Wembley, which it is. When I was a kid and I used to play on these football pitches, if you got somewhere where the grass was cut, you, you were onto a winner. If you got somewhere where the goalposts were up, you know, that. That was fantastic. If you got somewhere where the grass was cut, the goalposts were up, and somebody put some white lines down, it was Wembley. That was it. It was it was the greatest pitch you could ever play on. So I just looked at it and I said, "Look to the kids round here, it's Wembley." So I always cut it like it is, and it just went from there. Really, got picked up by the BBC and uh, and whatever else, and it just went from strength to strength. Was that a total surprise to you? I mean, did it come out of the blue that? Yeah, <laughs> I've probably been recognised for what I've been doing for the past few years, basically. I, I've got a bit of recognition around a lot of the places that I that I sort of looked after. Never on a 
anybody other than local. Nobody really knew who I was. Just the, like I say to everybody, I'm just just the chap that cuts the grass or just the chap that sits on the mower. That's it, and uh, and that's how it went. And then when it started to gain a bit of traction, I just think it struck a chord with people, and they just looked at it and thought, you know what? He only cuts the grass, or he only does this, or he only does that, but he does it well, and he's trying to make a difference for others, which a lot of people within our industry do this because they like to make a difference for others and and that's not just me that's a that's a, a lot of people within this you know if you're doing if you're cutting grass you're not doing it to become a millionaire are you really you you're doing it for the for the love of what you do and and did the moniker did the jimmy the mower kind of start from there then no i called myself jimmy the mower before and oh, but it right. wasn't it wasn't really a well-known thing it was just I'm Jimmy and I'm sat on a mower. It was just, oh, yeah, Jimmy the mower, you know, just a bit of a nickname that rolls off the tongue. So that that was that. And then from there, we sort of capitalised on what it was. When people started to see what was happening, you know, social media can be a cruel place sometimes. And I would say 99.9% of everything that came from that was positive. Yeah. And there was so much positivity around it. And it brought other people to, to the forefront and other people who were doing what I'm doing up and down the country and and they were they were brought into the spotlight and people started sending me photos of their local park and their football pitch or their cricket pitch and then that's how we moved on to the patch of the day competition and, and that was born indeed was and that like, photograph led to some pretty exciting visits you had yeah, and there's a lot more in the pipeline, believe me. Yeah, yeah, there is. All I kept saying to my wife when this started, uh, it started and we were running the contracting business and it was right. I've got BBC Radio Shopshire on the phone. Can you do an interview with them? Can they come and see you? It was like, right, okay. And it was the newspaper. Can we do some photographs? Can we come and see you? Please? Another newspaper. Can we come and see you? Can we come and do this? Then it was radio station. Can we come and see us? Like, yeah, yeah, this is right. And I kept saying to my wife, don't worry. It'll all be over by Friday. You know, it's just a storm in a teacup. That's it. By Friday. And I still say that now. Oh, well, it'll all be over by Friday. Don't worry. But it just keeps going. And John Bray was one of the first people to pick it up, you know, BBC reporter. And he'd actually never used a video camera before. He, he, he Obviously, he'd used one, but not for reporting wise. And he just said, he phoned me up. And he said, look, can we come out I'm from the BBC? Um, I'll do these feel good stories for social media and i come out and see you and i said yeah yeah no problem i won't be there until next thursday if you want to pop down then i'll have a chat not thinking that it would be something big <laughs> and um next thursday rolled around uh john turned up got a video camera out and said look i've uh, not really used one of these before i had a bit of a practice last night but if i could film a little bit with you would you mind i went oh no i don't mind so go for it if you like we did a bit. We tried to film the mower and stuff. It didn't really work out that well. We got a bit of footage of me, a bit of footage of some other stuff. And that was it. And he just said, um, I'll go away, see what I can do. He said, there's lots of people have been talking about it in the office. He disappeared. And then the next day, I got a phone call from my wife. And she says, oh, John's put your story on the BBC News website, Midlands Today. And I was like, all oh, right, you know, on the Midlands website. He said, oh, it's it's come up on the actual news feed. It's up there. So that's exciting. And then it started to make the national news feed on the BBC website. And then it was the top view post. And then I was like, oh, this is, you know, a bit exciting. And then the next morning, 
um, had a phone call from a friend. I was out mowing a cricket outfield, and he said, um, "I've just seen a story about you on the TV news." I said, "No, you can't. You can't have done." And he said, "Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's on." And I thought, oh, "I've missed it." And now, at the time, I don't want to plead poverty, but I wasn't very well off. I was doing the best I could for people with the little I've got. I hadn't got a skybox. I hadn't got anything to record anything with. So I thought I'd missed it. So my wife set up her mobile phone in front of the TV and waited for the one o'clock news and pressed record on her phone and recorded it from the TV. She got it. She got it, captured it. Yeah, it started oh, to gain some more traction. Then. Uh, uh, and, and then Carl at Wembley picked it up or Wembley themselves yeah. picked it up. Yeah. And you had an invite there to uh, step on that that they call oh. the hallowed turf. Uh, the hallowed turf. Yes. And if you're in the same industry as I am and you cut local amenity football pitches and amenity ground and council football pitches and stuff, to get an invite to Wembley is, you know, up there, probably, isn't it? That's, that's probably, don't tell my wife, but that's probably the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And then I got a phone call from the one show, and this is when it all started to get a bit serious. And, um, I said, look, you know, from the one show, we'd like to come down and film you at Wembley. John Bray, the BBC chap, who'd become a pal by then. We had daily phone conversations about how his story had gone up. Now it had like boosted him up in the, the rankings as well. He said to me, he says, Jimmy, he says, I know I'll see you again because there's always a second story. And I gave him a phone call and I said, John, I said, I've been invited down to Wembley to cut the grass. He says, I knew you. I said, I told you there'd be a second story. I knew the wood. He said, I can't wait. I said, will you come with me? He said, of course I will. I'll come and I'll film everything that I can. Uh, so, what, sort of, what sort of day did you have? Yeah, the, the, the day was good. The day was good. Um, I, I must admit, I went in there with Carl um, and we sat down and he just put me at ease straight away. And he said, look, we've got people here filming. They all want to come and see you. We've got a team of people around Anything you don't want to do, you tell me and it won't happen. He says, that's it. He said, it's your it's your few hours. You enjoy what you're doing. You know, if they're if they're too obtrusive, we'll sort that out. And, you know, and I was like, well, I would rather be here and see this than, than be on the TV. I would, ra- I would rather be there and soak in everything that they were doing. It sort of calmed down and it, it flowed quite well. And we did a few bits and pieces and the one show story went quite well and um, John Bray was there from local TV and he filmed me as well and I even got to introduce there's a, there's a, a chap called Nick Owen I don't know if you know yeah. heard of Nick Owen the reporter he's been on TV since I can remember yes. Nick Owen and I said to John he says oh can you we'll just film a bit for Midlands today before I edit your video up and do it and I said oh I said he's Nick Owen presenting tonight and he said yeah yeah he is and he said oh he said why don't you introduce the news? He said, and he, he said, I'll try and run it as a clip. So I just stood in front of the camera and I said, Oh yeah, I'm at Wembley. Said, I'm at Wembley today, but even better than that, I'm on Midlands today with Nick Owen. And they ran it in between the, the national news and the local news to, to give it the boost. I couldn't believe it really. From then on, Nick Owen got involved. Thank you very much. Um, would you like to pop along to the studio? Say hello to everyone. And I thought, yeah, well, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And John Bray said, look, we'll go out for a drink after. And I said, yeah, you know, I'd really enjoy that. What a, what a treat to go and see behind the scenes. And then I had another phone call. John Bray said, uh, I'll up the ante from a drink to a meal. 
However, will you sit on the couch and have a chat with him, with Nico in live on air? <laughs> yeah, 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 I will, I will. So I went and I did that and, oh, goodness, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a whirlwind, it was. Jimmy, have you, have you stopped to think about why? Why the interest in, well, let's face it, a very nice piece of grass. Is it something to do with the British love of, of, of turf or open spaces, sports? Have you ever tried try to sit down and analyse why it kicked off like it did? I've spent many sleepless nights wondering why it all started, where it's all going, and <laughs> what will happen. But I think, do you know what it is? You, you've hit the nail on the head there, I think. One, the British love a bit of striped grass, and we have a bit of a laugh with a patch of the day competition and we have top green keepers, groundsmen and everybody entering the competition. And you might get somebody with a fly mode, a set of goals and a dog and they've got as much chance of, of winning in the random draw. And if they do, I think everybody appreciates it because not only in this country do we like the grass and the turf and everything, I think we like to root for the underdog and to have somebody that's just a man running his business with his wife and they're trying to do their best for somebody and they haven't got the greatest of equipment or the most amount of money or whatever. They're just doing it and putting it in. And I think that's what that's what people root for. They, they like to see some they like to see somebody do well. And they like to do well out of it. And we had the, the Ransoms Parkway three there. Um and we run round and every year since then I've still kept that Ransoms Parkway three. Um I've done videos for them on servicing and operators guides and things. When we're towards the end of the season, I'll go out and we'll spend a few days and I'll go to local clubs and do an extra cut above and beyond what we're paid to do. And this is on behalf of Ransoms who supply us with this mower. This is, this is from them, you know, and we do that. Do you often feel you've sort of got a tiger by the tail at the moment? (laughs) (laughs) Um, how, How do you juggle what is obviously a day job with uh, is it increasing activity with videos and social media yeah increasing activities with videos doing a lot of brand ambassador work at the moment for a number of companies um, have approached us to do videos social media posts that sort of thing so we do that our dit and services grounds maintenance is one business and jimmy the mower media company is now a separate business within okay. that and we run the two um, side by side from the same office has it brought me any more grass cutting work any more grounds maintenance work no not really it hasn't the, the the amount of people that i actually deal with that have the budgets to improve what they've got are very very small you know there's not many people that we deal with can do that the amount of people that we deal with that having the ransoms mower and the free cuts helps them is enormous really like I said before, I'm not interested in the money. It, it, yeah, having a few quid is great. I've got Sky Sports now, so I can look <laughs> at everybody's turf. That's fantastic. You know, I'm a turf influencer and I can look at people's turf around the world and commentate on it and, and see what's happening in the in the world of sport, which I didn't have access to before. But I'm not really fussed about I, I would rather I would rather use my money and my influence to make a difference where I can, as in the YouTube videos that we do on the bits and pieces of machinery, you know. To, how many to, How many videos have you done, Jimmy? Couldn't even tell you. You know, quite a quite a lot. Uh, do you 
do you do them with the with, with the cooperation of the particular manufacturer? Um, because obviously you've got to be careful about the content that you're putting out and the information that you're giving. So is is it all is it is it all checked with the manufacturer or is it very much your own script, if you like? It's completely my own script. I'm completely independent. Yeah. I've had a manufacturer and I've had a media company, two media companies, in fact, both ask me if I'll do scripted videos and I've turned them down. Flat. It's not of an interest to me. I like to have this machinery. I'll take it away. I'll use it. I'll use it within the context that it's supposed to be used and also try and push it a little bit beyond its limits to see where we go to. And then I'll give an honest review. And I believe that there are very few bad pieces of machinery. It's just managing people's expectations of what that machinery will do. If you're going to go, you know, back to this No Mo May thing that we talked about at the beginning, with No Mo May, a lot of people are, are growing grass quite long and they may turn up at a DIY shop. Oh, I'm after a lawnmower. How big's your lawn? Oh, it's a postage stamp lawn. Oh, you only need one of these small battery things, blah, blah, blah. Not telling them that they haven't cut their grass since February and it's now three foot high and it won't work. It just, you need to educate people and say you know we're using this machine on a weekly basis this will be a great machine for you it will produce a great finish it'll do this not only we're doing that in the machinery side of things but we're starting to look more you know sort of deeper into the turf thing and i think that's what will be coming out sort of next season maybe maybe the end of this season well what can do and I, i like the educational aspect of it i like to sit there and if some the comments I get on YouTube, sometimes they bring a tear to my eye. I'll, I'll, be in, I'll be in bed and I'll just flick through to see what's happened in the day. And somebody on there, you know, oh, my husband's um, disabled. Oh, I'm not very agile, etc. We We got it mower. We couldn't get it to work. We watched your video. We ordered some bits and pieces and we've managed to cut the grass. Thank you so much. And I think, you know what? That's what it's for. There's no money involved. I'm not paid by a company to do these little servicing videos on 20-year-old mowers. That's just for me to to pass on this information to other people. Uh, Is there any sort of common uh, comment or request or feedback that you get? That uh, what what is the most common question that you get asked? Do you think? Well, about the YouTube or about turf? Well, 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 really about the machinery as much as anything else. About the machinery. Yeah. I must get asked about 10 times a day, what shall I buy? Really? <laughs> I, I get, whether it's via Twitter, via email, via whatever it is, I, I get asked, you know, 10 times a day, what should I buy? I try and answer each and every person and no real affiliation to any mower companies. Um, I, I just go through their wants and needs and try and match them up with a machine and then they can have a look and pick the brand from from what we sort of discuss really and do you when you obviously ask or inquire what size of lawn they got apart from postage stamp it always was sometimes equated to a tennis court do you tend to use that as a yardstick do you know what it did don't anymore because they don't understand that I, I understand i understand with you it's a tennis court half a tennis court a football pitch half a football pitch this is how i, I picture it in my mind it is is just like that but it's now really down to square meterage. It's not even square feet because most people are asking me don't even know what feet feet are. So it's square meterage. So I've got a small test lawn um, at home that we put in, and that's 70 square meters. Now the average size lawn in the UK is about 140 square meters. So 
we're working with a half-size lawn, but it's easy to film, it's easy to sort of manage, and it's easy to, to split up into a few sections and do different sort of bits and pieces with. So that, that's... that's uh, and obviously you will be aware of that there's a hell of a change going on with uh, power units, with, with, with machines. I mean, we no longer think of the classic uh, machine as being a Suffolk Colt or a Suffolk Punch yeah. or all that, which would have been the case, say, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And you could tell when spring was because all the Suffolk Punches were being fired up. But now... Uh, robots obviously are becoming more more common. Are you are you comfortable talking to people about those? I haven't really had any experience with robot mowers. Um, that's something that we're we're going to have to start looking into. I think because I do get asked more and more. But we are testing a lot of battery equipment. And we're having a lot of battery equipment through, and at, at the moment we're using the Steger Expert range. I think it is the nine hundred series Expert range. And you know what? They're pretty good. I'm a petrol man through and through. I love the smell of two-stroke. I love the smell of, you know, you, you fire up a four-stroke petrol engine. It's a nice smell. You 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 know, you suffer punch, whatever it is. You will never beat that smell. You will never beat that smell. It, it, it is a fantastic thing. But these battery motors now, we put two batteries in there. You just press the start button and go. And it's like, an, you know, same as an electric car. You're not warming it up. You're not doing anything. You just press go, and that is it. And they work well. We pull you'll go and mow first and then you, you finish mowing, clip the batteries into a backpack, the strimmer goes on, walk around, trim the edges, swap the strimmer for a blower, keep your backpack on, blow that off into the truck, onto the next one, batteries in the mower and away you go. What a system, you know, yeah. what, what a system. And you're not breathing in this sort of stuff, are you? I know we say we like the smell of the petrol and, the, and, and stuff burning. It's not great to be breathing that in all day long. Not Certainly not when you're a professional contractor and it does allow us to work around commercial sites within office hours because with the noise, can, yeah, yeah, the noise, the noise level, and it's a different tone, you know, not the deep petrol engine thud, especially with the larger mowers. That you know, a deep thud that you get, satisfying thud, mind, but a deep, a deep rumbling thud. Whereas when you're in an office, it's it's quite a higher pitch, sort of smoother one. That Steger mower that we've got at the moment, that that is a a, a nice tone to that engine it really is good, good and jimmy obviously the big debate amongst uh, the turf community at the moment is surrounds artificial plastic grass shall we say and yeah. real natural grass i mean to my mind there's it's no contest there's, there's uh, uh one's one's damaging to the environment i would argue and and, and the other is natural grass and i do like the phrase uh, particularly where grass is used in city uh, centres and urban areas that it is the greeny lung of the city it, it yeah. breathes and and it absorbs everything and and holds nature any um indications from your clients that uh, they're going to if they've put in plastic grass of moving away from it or going the other way no 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 we don't have any indication of movers of plastic grass if we we were looking at the the sports fields that we do the the local authority sports fields and and into the sort of sports um, clubs that use them and playing fields associations that manage them. They're happy with grass, yet it does require some maintenance. It does require people with some knowledge and some skill to maintain those areas. But they're a nice, natural, open space, an oasis for a lot of people in some of the areas that we work. They can go out and they can go and use these green open spaces and they can really enjoy it. Now. 
the only place that I would have thought or presumed that it may happen was towards our sort of retail, so commercial type places. But the people that we work for, the clients, they are high-end clients and they prefer to have the grass in there. We did have this discussion and they said we would prefer a natural, good-looking, striped surface because people can come out of an office. And there is a huge difference between an artificial surface and a natural surface. And it doesn't matter if the natural surface is well-kept or not. It, it is there and you can see that it's a living, breathing thing. Yeah. And the higher the standard of that natural surface, the more appealing it is. And, and I think I think everyone can appreciate a nice, striped, weed-free lawn. It, it's good for the soul. You can see it and you know that somebody is taking care of the environment around you. We have nice flowers in the borders. We will have a wildflower area. Those flowers don't have to be in the lawn. Yes, with the wildflower area close by, sometimes you do have to work a little bit harder to keep them out of the lawn. But we have an area for everything. And and by doing that, I think we sort of enrich the environments that we're working in. The plastic, it just doesn't do it, does it? I'm not a fan of it. And I, I but I wouldn't, I don't condone it because I do understand that there is a place for, for this plastic grass. There is a place for it. And and some people aren't able to maintain open spaces or they can't maintain or pay somebody to even maintain them. And, and to go down that route may seem like a viable option for putting plastic in. They'll all come unstuck in about 10 years' time when they realise that it's yeah. it's not everything it's cracked up to be. And there is a lot of maintenance. My, my argument is if, if they have plastic grass and they can go out, it, and, and hoover it once a week to get the debris off, or you may as well push a fly mow around. It's very obvious, Jimmy, from uh, the reaction to everything that you've done and you've built up over, over the last couple of years that there is a there's a there's an affinity and opportunities within the the turf care industry. How would you sell it? Uh, you're a turf influencer now, for goodness sake, a turf guru. Yeah. Call it what you will. How would you sell? an involvement in the turf care industry to to youngsters these days? I think that's quite difficult, you know, um, given the current conditions um, that we're in at the moment. We're heading towards a financial crisis or are in a financial crisis and the wages within our industry are notoriously low. There's people leaving the industry to go to go and work in, in retail and retail was, you know, the, the, the poorest paid of anywhere, really. And, yeah. and now it's sort of... So that gives you sort of an indication of how things are going. But from a personal perspective, it gives you an enormous amount of job satisfaction, an enormous amount. If you're like me and you sort of struggle a bit when you're inside, stuck inside, but if you're sort of, you're working inside, if you're in an office or you're in a factory or whatever, and your summer is just through a window or a roller shutter door at the end of a warehouse, it's not great. And, and you go out and you're doing what we do and you feel the rain. Your natural instinct in the first year is you run away from that rain and you hide away from it. And after a few years, you learn to embrace it and you are out there and you do live every season. You live Indeed. it, you live it and breathe it. You know, you, you are out in the rain and sometimes the rain is cold and you will know yourself. You'll be out there and sometimes the rain is warm and it's just so welcome. You know, thanks to the activities of people like yourself, um, and indeed those in the sports turf industry. I mean, there's lots of 
very interesting stories about people who started at the bottom as trainees, school leavers, who've really reached the top of the profession. I mean, the episode before this, I talked to Keith Kent, who started as a trainee uh, at Leicester City and ended up looking after the pitch for the uh, 2015 World Cup final. The career opportunities are fantastic, really. You know, if you're this way inclined, if you can get in and you like to work and you like to build on your own knowledge and you have to be able to work as a team and in the, and as an individual equally as well. If you can do that, and really the only limitation is the one that you put on yourself, because you you can really you can really sort of soar in this industry. People tend to to disregard the sideways movement, and you need that sideways movement. You need to start off as a trainee somewhere, and you do that, and you go as far as you can there, and you move sideways to a different club to experience how somebody else does that. And then, and then again, and then again, and all the time you're picking up this knowledge and you're seeing different things and, and you're building your own portfolio up, really. And you're looking at the, the different ways of doing things in different places. And it all comes together. And with this industry, if you are interested in learning, there is a wealth of information out there. And one of the exciting things is, I know from my machinery sort of point of view, it's always there's always innovations in machinery. There's always something coming along. So, but it's the same with grass and grass growing. It, there is always something coming along. There's a new product on the market. There's a new seed on the market. There's a new technique to do this or to do that or or technique you know, to germinate or whatever we're doing. Look look at these pitches now where they're, they're putting in like the, the, the semi sort of synthetic with a stitching around the sides. And the yeah, the hybrid spots. pitches, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought that would have been a thing and, and such a, a good thing? Well, you know, we talk about plastic and how bad it is. Well, there's a great example of where it works and works well. And, of course, a lot of the development, particularly in grass seed, uh, is really in response to climate change and uh, growing grass maybe in inhospitable areas and so on. So a lot of work there. So, so Jimmy, look, many, many thanks for for joining me today. Where where are you going with Jimmy the mower, do you think, at the moment? Uh, Any plans? Is there a grand plan on the kitchen wall or, uh, or just see how things develop? Uh, well, do you know what? As long as I can keep doing what I'm doing, then I'm happy, really. As long as we can keep going out there and making a difference to the, to the folks using using the spaces that we look after, then I'm happy with that. Anything else that comes along is a bit of a bonus, really. Yeah. I'll still keep making the YouTube videos. We'll still be doing a lot of media appearances. I've got things booked up, up and down the country. I'm off to visit so many football and cricket grounds. It's unbelievable. So it's, it's an exciting time, but I'm happy with what I've got. I'm very grateful every day that I can get up and go out and do something that I enjoy. That, that is that is a massive thing. And is there any time in between all this for any sort of hobbies or pastimes or sports? Or do you get much time? I guess this has taken over your life to a, to, to a great extent. Yeah, the, the, the fishing rods haven't seen the light of day for about three <laughs> years. <laughs> I, I do like to go kayaking and, and camping when I can, a um, bit of climb down the river on an expedition or whatever. That's taken a, a bit of a, a back seat, but hopefully towards autumn time this year, we might be able to get out and about and do a bit of that. I need to invest in some better equipment so I can go camping over winter, I think. That's what I need to do. Well, look, Jimmy, again, many, many thanks. And can I say, keep on talking the talk? 
anybody promoting the grass industry, whether it's the machinery side of it, whether it's the agronomy side of it, whether it's sports side, leisure, garden, um, there's a heck of an industry out there. It doesn't get enough publicity, uh, but thanks to people like yourself and many others, uh, it, it's seen a greater light of the day. So good luck with everything that goes forward from here then, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, and I'd just like to point out that, you know, when I'm talking about what I do and and and, and the things that I do uh, on these community football pitches and stuff, that's not just me. Uh, there's, there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people like me up and down the country that are doing this. So I'm just... I'm just the man at the front at the moment. That's what it is. I'm the man that's pushed up there to to talk to people like you and to try and spread the word. But yeah, I really enjoy what I'm doing. And anybody got any questions out there about starting their own business, working in community football pitches, volunteering, anything like that, feel free to get in touch with me. I've always got time for people. I can always stop and have a chat. Well, it's a uh, it, it, it's a very roll off the t- tongue moniker. Might, might I say rather like no more, May Jimmy the Mower is a very nice title. So once again, many, many thanks and uh, keep on leading the troops uh, where they where they need leading to, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Right, thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I found that an extraordinarily heartwarming story. The grounds men and women who work in the spotlight at high profile clubs and venues rarely get the recognition they deserve and in many ways they are glad of that for when the pitch or the playing field becomes the story then something has usually gone wrong but here was someone going about his unheralded job perfecting the grass stage on which young and old can enjoy sport and recreation and all of a sudden it created a real spark of recognition so well done Jimmy and keep on earning your stripes I'm Chris Biddle Thank you for joining me, and this is Inside AgriTurf.